All right, everybody, welcome to Valley Creek. We are so glad that you are here. Come on, whatever campus you're at, let's give it up for each other. All right, we are excited and happy to be here today. We are so glad that you're here with us. Welcome to Valley Creek at whatever campus you're at. And I have one thing to tell you, and it's this. Whatever you do, do not miss next weekend. We may or may not be giving out something to everyone that is here. And if you're not here and we give something out, you will be very sad that you didn't get one. We haven't done this in a few years. Some of you are starting to piece together what it is, but that's next weekend and you have to be here. And you're not going to be able to get one like for your husband or your wife or your friend or your kids or your buddy. No, no. They have to be here with you as well. So bring everybody you got next week. If you want to get the thing we may or may not be giving out next week, all I'm saying is you're going to want to be here. And if you're not... Okay, we are in a series called The Ascent, and we're talking about going to new places with God, and this is a really big series. Whether you realize it or not, this is actually, it's more than a series. It's an opportunity, and it's an invitation for you in your life. You see, if we're honest with each other, as we go on this journey with Jesus, we often get stuck. We get lost. We get confused. We don't really tell anybody else that. But if we're honest in our own heart and in our spirit, we kind of know that's what happens. We get to this point. We get stuck. We're not sure how to move any further forward. And so we kind of just start going through the motions. We play the game. We know the right answers. And we can sit here in church week after week, month after month, year after year. But oftentimes, if we're honest, we know our relationship with God isn't really moving forward. And so this is more than just a series. This is an invitation from God for you to go to a new place with him, to try to break out and take some ground and move along on what he has for you. And that's why our theme verse for this series is simply, show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths. We need him to show us and teach us how to move beyond where we are so we can go to new places with God. You see, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. And if you want to go to places you've never been before, you're going to have to do some things you've never done before. If you want to go to places you've never been before, you're going to have to believe some things you've never believed before. And that's what this whole series is about. It's about taking next steps and changing our thinking. This is why 2 Corinthians 5 says we walk by faith, not by sight. Like we have to, by faith, take some next steps and move forward, even if we don't understand them or like them. Or how about Romans chapter 12 that says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. In other words, if you'll change the way you think, it'll change the way you live and you'll go to a new place with God and he will transform you and take you higher than you've been before. And you say, change my thinking around what? Around who you are, who God is and what you were created to do. And so that's what this series has been about. And we started the first week and we talked about how it's all about with discovering Jesus. 
that the ascending life, if you want to go to a new place with God, the foundation is grace, that this is not what you have to do for God. This is about what God has done for you. You don't have to go up and get him because in Jesus name, he came down to come and get you. And as we start to discover Jesus and his grace, we then have the faith to move to this place where we start finding friendship with God and his people. When we discover Jesus, all of a sudden we start to realize that in Jesus' name we're accepted and wanted and loved and we can have this friendship with God that we are as close to God as we want to be. And as we start finding friendship with God, we move to the next place and it's simply where we start to make a difference in the world around us. When you realize that Jesus has made a difference in your life, you want to make a difference in the lives of other people. When you start discovering Jesus, you start finding friendship with God. And when you got friendship with God, all of a sudden you want to do what God is doing. You want to be a part of what God is working on. You want to hang out with him. You want to be family on mission. And all of a sudden you're not inviting God to come be a part of what you're doing. You're saying, God, you're my friend. What are you doing? I want to be a part of that. And you say, so what is God doing? He's reaching the lost, building his church and making disciples. And if I really want to go to a new place with him, I got to learn to start making a difference because he's made a difference in my life. In fact, this is why I love what Jesus says. If you go to the verse for me, he says, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He gives us this great insight that life is not about asking God to be a part of our business. Life is about saying, I want to be a part of my father's business. You see, I remember growing up as a kid, my dad built houses for a living and he owned his own business. And I can remember as a kid, I would go to work with him all the time. I can remember getting in his single cab pickup truck that smelled like sawdust and had the Oak Ridge boys on the radio. And we would drive to the job site and we would go and we would get out of the truck and he would do what he needed to do and he would give me some things to work on. And it's not like my dad needed me there to build the house, but he wanted me there. And he brought me into his work and what he was doing. And, and when we would finish and we would go home, my mom would ask me how the day was. And as a kid, I would always say, mom, today I built a house. <laughs> I didn't do much, but probably pick up garbage is really what I did. He didn't need me, but he wanted me to be a part of what he was doing. And now as a dad with my kids, I see the same thing. See, I love when my kids work with me. I don't need them to do what I'm doing, but I want them to be with me. Like my little girl all the time, she'll come and she'll sit in my office at home with me and she'll sit there for hours as I'm working on a message. And I don't need her to help me on the message, but, but I want her in there and she loves to be in there. And then when the time is up, she'll kind of be like, dad, we wrote a really good message today. <laughs> like, what do you mean we? Like you, you did nothing but play with your doll. It's not that I need her, it's that I want her. And the same is true with us with God. He doesn't need us to do his work. He wants us to come be a part of his work. He wants us to make a difference in the world around us because that's what he's doing. And he says, come and do this with me. See, if you go all the way back to creation and you look at Adam and Eve, when God made Adam, God gave humanity the commission, the authority over this earth to work with God, not because he needed us to destroy darkness. No, he wanted us to be a part of what he was doing. 
Genesis 1.28 is one of the most important verses in the Bible. We love John 3.16. It's important. There are some other verses that need to start getting uh, like formed in your heart because this is the first thing God ever says to humanity. He says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. God made Adam to make a difference in the world. That was his created purpose. His created purpose was, Adam, we're going to rule and reign together. You're going to come be a part of my business. You're going you're to come be a part of my work. And I'm going to give you authority and I'm going to give you things to do, not for me, but with me. I've told you who you are, your identity. I've given you relationship with me. And now let me declare your purpose. And this is what he tells them. And this is what he tells us. Be fruitful. Bring things to the fullness of its potential in your life, whatever you have authority over, and then multiply. Reproduce the life of God in you and to the world around you and then fill the earth or your area of influence like your home, your job, your school with the knowledge of the glory of the goodness of God and subdue it. Bring order to chaos, light to darkness, hope to despair, and then use your resources to accomplish God's purposes in the lives of men. He says, I've commissioned you to make a difference, to be a part of my work. Do you catch the privilege of that? The God who could snap his fingers and have it all done says, hey, I want you to come and do this with me because I believe in you. But you know the story. Adam and Eve didn't really grab a hold of this. They went and they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, sin. They fell, broke, everything got broken. And instead of making a difference, they needed someone to come and now make a difference in their lives. And so the father sent Jesus to come and change everything. And if you go to the next verse for me, this is when Jesus calls his disciples to come follow him. This is Jesus restoring all things that were lost in the garden. And it says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. Mountainside. He invites them to a new place to ascend, to come out of the valley of the shadow of death and up the mountain of God in Jesus name. And they came to him. He appointed 12, designating them apostles that they might be with him. It's where we stopped this verse last week if you were here. And that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. I want you to catch this. He sends them to make a difference. But before he sends them to make a difference, he wants them to first be with him. And before they can be with him, they first have to come to him. In other words, before they make a difference, they've got to find friendship with him. And before you can find friendship with him, you have to discover Jesus. When I discover Jesus, I'll find friendship with God. And when I find friendship with God, I will make a difference in the world around me. Not because I have to, but because I get to. Identity, identity determines purpose. Who you are determines what you do. And when we come to Jesus, he transforms us, he restores us, he re-empowers us with who we were created to be. And so what you have to understand is if you have no interest in making a difference, you have to work it backwards. You have to say, maybe it's because I don't really have friendship with God. 
And if I don't have friendship with God, it's probably because I have yet to discover the grace that is offered to me in Jesus' name. He restores our identity, reconciles our relationship, renews our purpose, and sends us out to make a difference with him in Jesus' name. Does that make sense to you? This is foundational to understanding your life with Jesus. Religion says, go do a bunch of things for God so that you can maybe be with God so that one day you can be accepted by God. Jesus says, why don't you actually go to the mountains for me? Jesus says, why don't you just come and discover me and I'll bring you into friendship with God and then we'll start making a difference together. That's what Jesus offers you and that's the life of ascent. This is why relationship with God and religion are so different. And I keep telling you, we got to come down off the mountain of religion and go up the mountain of grace because it's completely different. I mean, just if you think about this, Matthew chapter four, right from the beginning, what Jesus is saying, he says, hey, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Right from the beginning, when he calls you, he says, hey, you're going to be a part of what I'm doing. And I'm interested in reaching lost people. So you're going to come and you're going to go to work with me. We're going to get in that truck. It's going to smell like sawdust. We're going to listen to some Oak Ridge boys, but we're going to go do some things in Jesus name. Yeah. Or how about Matthew 28 when Jesus says to all of us, therefore go and make disciples. He says, if you're a follower of me, you're going to be a part of what I'm doing. And you know what I'm doing? I'm making disciples. Or how about Genesis 12 that says, and I will bless you abundantly and you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. Come on, that's a good verse. He says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Notice the order. He doesn't say, if you go bless others, then I'll bless you. He doesn't say, if you go make a difference, then we can be friends. He says, no, I'm going to give you all my grace and we're going to be friends. And that's what's going to empower you to now go out and be a blessing to others. And guess what? My grace is so abundant that you will now be a source of great good to others. You see, until you find your purpose in God, you will try to find your purpose in the mountains of this world. Until you find purpose in God, you will think your purpose is found in business, in sports, in Instagram, in money, in, in hobbies, in all that. You will climb all the mountains of the world trying to find purpose because you were made for it. But you weren't made to go up climbing the mountains of this world to look for purpose. No, your purpose is helping other people climb up the mountain of God. Your purpose is to work with God to help other people go to new places with him in Jesus name. Okay, so I want you to just think about this with me for a second. I want you to just think about church. If what God is doing right now on this earth is reaching the lost, building this church and making disciples, I want you to think about church. So before we think about making a difference like out there in the world, like let's just think about this for a second. Like, I don't know what you think about when we gather. I don't know how you view the church. Every one of us in this room have come from different places. So we've got different views and filters of what we think the church is. But have you ever just stopped to acknowledge how supernatural this actually is? Like, just think about who's in this room right now. People from all different walks of life, from all different cultures, from all different generations, from all different kinds of experiences, and yet we all come together and we're united under the name of Jesus. That alone is profoundly supernatural. And whether you realize it or not, every time you come to this place, other people are making a difference in your life. 
In fact, long before you even pull in the parking lot, other people are already making a difference in your life. Hours before you get here, people are setting up the building and getting it ready. And people are making coffee and preparing things to be clean and, and, and ordered. And then when you get here and you pull in the parking lot, there's parking guys to help you figure out what's going on in the parking lot. And then you get to the door and there's someone there opening the door, making a difference, welcoming you in and bringing you into the building. You come inside. And there's people there to make a difference if you're confused and not sure where to go and pointing the way. And then for those of you that have kids, you go to a kid's room. Just think of how supernatural this is. You check your kid into a room with people who don't know you and aren't paid. And they want to invest in your kid for an hour. Tell me any other. Tell me any other environment in the world where that happens. Where healthy, safe, sane people <laughs> will take your kid and invest in them for free for an hour. You may then get served with a cup of coffee. You get welcomed into this room. You're helped to get a seat. Someone else is using their gifts to lead worship. Our production team is using their gifts to turn all this stuff on. Someone else has already given generously. So there's air conditioning and lights and all of it happens. Someone uses their gift to speak to you after service. People uses their gift to make a difference, to pray for you. And all of a sudden you start realizing every time I am in this place, someone else is making a difference in my life. Whether I acknowledge it, whether you acknowledge it or not, you can sit there and say, no, 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 no one's making a difference for me. Like, bro, who do you think does all this? For 13 years, I've been here for 13 years. The people of this church have been making a difference in my life and in my family. Every time I'm here, someone else is making a difference in my life. So the question is, is, are you making a difference in anyone else's life? Every time you're here, every time you go to hub on Wednesday night or drop your kid off or show up for a midweek thing or go to a group or just walk in this building or just look on the website, someone else is making a difference for you. Are you making a difference for anyone else here? Are you a part of your father's work. See, what I want you to understand is that you've not only been called, you've been empowered to make a difference. Because whatever God calls you to do, he supernaturally empowers you by his grace to do that. And he's empowered you to make a difference. In fact, check this verse out. First, uh, First Peter 4 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Every one of you, in this room, has been given a gift by God. Amen. Not for you. He's given it to you so you can use it well to serve others. Yeah. See, what does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit has put gifts inside of you, divine things that have enabled you for your divine purpose to serve us, to build up us. The question is, is are you using them well? See, I think a lot of times we use our gifts to climb the mountains of the world instead of help other people climb the mountain of God. If we're honest, we use the gifts that God has given us to build up and strengthen his people to kind of serve ourselves. But what we have to remember, if you go to the next thing for me, is that your gifts are for us and our gifts are for you. 
Your gift is not for you. It's for us. It's literally for the person sitting next to you right now. God has given you a gift to make a difference in their life. And their gift is not for them. It's for you. And we have to start understanding that we need each other. That you're not okay without us and we're not okay without you. And we can't become everything God has called and created us to be if we don't all start saying, you know what? I've discovered Jesus. I'm discovering Jesus. I'm finding friendship with God and I'm learning how to make a difference in this world. The problem is, is we're so used to consuming that we forget we're created to contribute. We're so used to consuming. That's the whole world. The whole world is consuming. Everywhere we go, it's about consumption. We're so used to consuming where in our families, in our uh, businesses, in our activities, in school, where we go, what we do. Everything is about consuming. And that's what Satan has tricked us. He's tricked us into thinking the best case for your life is to be the ultimate consumer. And so we've forgotten that God has empowered us and created us to be a contributor. This is why people who consume are never satisfied because they never find a purpose. It's a bottomless hole. And the more you put in, the worse you feel and you know it. And I can tell you right now, here's the signs. If you're a consumer, you're critical. You're negative. You gossip. You complain. You poke at everything and everyone. Listen, that's a sign of being a consumer. Don't get all worried. Just be like, wow, maybe that's showing me more than I realize. Because guess what? Contributors don't have time for that stuff. When I'm living out my purpose, I'm climbing a mountain. I'm like, I'm out with my father. We're making a difference. We're doing things in the world. I ain't got time to complain. I ain't got time to be negative. I ain't got time to consume because I've kind of moved past that. And what you have to understand is a purposeless life is a pointless life. You will stay in the valley of darkness forever until you start understanding you were created to contribute. We got real quiet there. (laughs) Come on, listen, I want you to think about this. It costs Jesus everything to make a difference in your life. So it will cost you something to make a difference in someone else's life. Jesus had to step out of his world to make a difference in your life. So you're going to have to step out of your world to make a difference in our life. And what you have to understand is every believer has the responsibility to build up the body of Christ. You can ignore it. You can fight it. You can say it doesn't doesn't apply to you today. Every believer has that responsibility upon their life. And it's not just a responsibility. It's a privilege. Like three John four, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Here's what's amazing. John doesn't have any kids. (laughs) Who's he talking about? He's talking about the people he's made a difference in their life. He's saying, I have no greater joy than to see the people I've made a difference in their life. Go to new places with God. No greater joy. So could it be that the church is often joyless because we're not willing to step out of our world to make a difference in someone else's life and watch them go to a new place with God? Could there be a joylessness that exists in your journey with God because you're never really making a difference? 
Because that's what you were created to do. And if you think about this journey, as we start ascending Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says the cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I want you to think about this. If you think about mountain climbing, whenever you think of mountain climbers, you think of a rope. They got a rope that they're climbing up. And so this says a cord of three strands. A cord of three strands isn't easily broken. It's what we need to get to the top. What are the cord of three strands? The cord of three strands are when you believe in the mission, you have healthy relationships and meaningful purpose. In other words, when you discover Jesus, find friendship and start making a difference, that cord becomes almost unbreakable. The reason many of us don't move forward in our journey with Jesus, the reason many of us drift in and out of church all throughout years is because we never have all three pieces of the cord attached at the same time. We're excited about the mission, but we didn't build any relationships and we don't have any meaningful purpose. Well, that cord is frayed and it's going to snap and you're going to fall back down. You put those three things together. Guess what? You're now moving forward to a new place with God. This is where so many of us get stuck. We never move into the dimension of making a difference. And if I really want to go to a new place with God, I got to position myself where he says he is. Matthew 25, Jesus says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. I tell you the truth. Ready? Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. He says, when you make a difference in someone else's life, you just went to a new place with me. So could it be that we never really go to a new place with God because we're not willing to make a difference in someone else's life? And so the question then is, is how do we do it? It's humility, again, to admit that you're not only created, but called to do this in Jesus' name. And like I've told you in this series, I'm giving you at the end of the message, three really simple next steps that we hope everybody in our church will take so you can move forward. And I hate to break this one to you, but make a difference. It's not convenient nor Instagram friendly. 98% of the people in this room would say, I would love to make a difference. Can you make it really convenient? I can be available at Fridays for 15 minutes from 3 to 3.15 and you got to bring it to my house and it's got to be picture worthy. Hey, so I can post it and tell everyone I made a difference. I'm just saying, true making a difference in the kingdom of God is underground. It's behind the scenes. It's serving, making a difference is about getting under other people and pushing them up above yourself. So they have the Instagram picture of what God's doing in their life. And you're the one that likes it and says, wow, I love watching you go to a new place with God in Jesus name. Okay. So are you with me on that? Okay. So here's the three. We got to go fast. But it's really actually for today, so you get a bonus one. First one is this. Join a team, because this is a carryover from last week, but it sandwiches in here right in between those two places. Join a team. If you really want to start making a difference, just join a team. That's the easiest thing you can do. All of a sudden, you say, I'm going to give an extra hour a week to be on a team. I'm telling you what. The people in our church that are the happiest, that are moving forward with God, that feel vibrant in life, they're the people who are on teams. 
They're moving. Why? Because they got the cord of three strands. They've got, they've got the security. They're moving forward. They're climbing up and it's all locked in there and they're going to a new place in Jesus name. Listen, we don't need you to serve so we can grow. You need to serve so you can grow. Join a team. Give it a shot. Extra hour a week to go to a new place with God. Sounds like a good trade to me. This is what I'm saying. All I do is put this stuff out there. You decide what you want to do with it. But I want to be on a team that's changing the world. Second thing is this. Just invite someone. When was the last time you invited somebody to church? When was the last time you looked at somebody eye to eye, not just through one of the Instagram posts out there, eye to eye and said, hey, would you come with me? Or actually tagged someone in a post. Hey, I would love for you to go with me. Or wrote someone. When was the last time you looked someone in the face and said, would you, would you come check this out with me? See, you're our outreach strategy. Hate to break that to you. Because you're Jesus' outreach strategy. The kingdom of God goes person to person. And we're called by him to invite people into what he's doing. And if you think about all the things we invite people to, it's all the things. It's, we invite people to climb the mountains of the world with us like nobody's business. Come on, I'm selling this thing. Come buy some of it. Come on, I'm going to this thing. Come with me. Come on, I'm playing on this team. Come do. There's nothing wrong with that stuff, but we should be more excited about inviting people up the mountain of grace than the mountains of the world. Come on, look at this verse. Look at what Jesus says. He says, now I want you to go. That's you you into the streets and alleyways, your life and invite anyone and everyone you find to come and enjoy. He's saying, come on, just invite people to what you're doing with God. And don't just think church. This is everything. Listen, if you're in a small group, invite people to your group. Don't just expect a group leader to do it. You're on a team, invite people to your team. If you're on a team, today's the day, man. Like, just go. And every person you see, hey, he said, join a team. You want to join my team? Because I want you to join my team. <laughs> invite people. Invite people. You're going to first step, invite them. You're getting baptized. Invi invite people to follow Jesus with you. And you'll go to a new place with him. <laughs> Listen, let me just tell you this quick story. A couple years ago, we were at school for kids school for something and Colleen and I are sitting there, all the parents are there and the lady gets up and she's giving this presentation and she's so passionate. She's full of life. She's so excited about this thing that they're doing. And she said, keeps saying, we want a hundred percent of the parents to be involved. And she, she put her whole heart into it. It was awesome. She's doing it. And the whole time she's talking a hundred percent of the parents to be involved and thinking there ain't no way I'm ever going to do that. <laughs> and the more she talked, the more I thought, is there anything she could say that would change my mind? And the more she talked, the more I realized, no, there's nothing she could say that would change my mind. So we get into the car. I'm thinking about this now. And I say to Colleen, I say, hey, is there anything she could have said that would have made us get involved with that? She just looked at me and said, no. And I thought, dear Lord, that's my life. Some of you aren't getting it. I get up every week and pour my life out and say, we want everyone to be a part of this. And people are sitting there and thinking, yep, doesn't matter what you say. I'm not going to be a part of it. I was like, bing, light bulb. Oh my goodness. And then I looked at Colleen and I said, and yet your friend who's already involved with it, if she invited you and asked you to be a part of it, you would do it, wouldn't you? And she looked at me and she said, I would. 
and it clicked with me. It's personal invites that move us forward on our journey with Jesus. All these screens and, and the things we preach, all that stuff, that's awareness more than anything else for people. It's when you start inviting them, they start moving. Come on, invite someone to, to just following Jesus. Third thing is simply this, go to leader step. You're, you're catching on. We got first step, second step, leader step, right? If you've been here, leader step is basically learning how to lead. And whether you realize it or not, you are a leader. You may not be living like a leader. You may not think you're a leader. You may not be acting like a leader, but God has created you to be a leader in this world. And at some point in time, you're going to start saying, I not only want to make a difference, I want to lead other people to make a difference. So some of you, that's your thing. And then the last one is this, start giving. If I really want to walk with God, I have to realize that at some point I've been created and called to give. To give what? Everything. Time, talent, treasure, energy, emotion, resources, relationships. And whatever you're least willing to give is probably the one that God is most asking you to give. Because it means it's a bondage in your life. This is why uh, Matthew 10 says, freely you have received, freely give. He says, freely I've given you everything you have. And I want you to learn to start giving. This is why we're not consumers, we're contributors. This is why Jesus says springs of living water are inside of us. Not lakes, not reservoirs, not ponds. Springs of living water that receive and release and keep us clean and flowing and making a difference and open to the new things that God wants to give us in Jesus' name. This is why that, Rome, or that Genesis 12 says that same verse, and I will bless you abundantly, and you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. He says, I have abundantly filled your life with amazing things. So you can be a source of great good to others. Are you a source of great good to others? Because when you start stepping into your purpose, it's amazing. how All of a sudden, everything starts turning on in Jesus' name. You start going home at night and say, I didn't just build a house today. I built someone's life today. Come on. I didn't just write a message. I wrote God's story in someone's heart. And now I'm a part of what he is doing. Second Corinthians five says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Let me just push on you for one second and just say this. If you have no interest in making a difference, you have to ask yourself the question, has Jesus then made a difference in your life? Because if I'm in Christ, the old is going and the new is coming. So if I'm not any different than I was before I put my faith in Jesus, I have to ask myself the question, do I really believe in Jesus? Am I really discovering Jesus? because I should be dramatically different than I used to be, continually going to new places, okay? Let me close it with this. One day Jesus is walking along and he um, comes up to a man who's been paralyzed for 38 years. 38 years he's paralyzed, he's been sitting on this mat and Jesus walks up to the man, he's kind of on the side of this healing pool and Jesus looks at the man and he says, hey, do you wanna get well? Interesting question. 38 years he's been paralyzed on this mat by this healing pool. Do you want to get well? 
And the man's instant response was not a yes or no. He starts giving Jesus all the reasons why he hasn't gotten well. He says, I don't have any friends to get me down to the water. And when the water is stirred and the healing is happening, I, I can't get there. He starts giving all these excuses about why he hasn't gotten well. And Jesus stops him. He says, that's not what I asked you. He says, I'm not asking you why you haven't got well. I want, I'm asking you, do you want to get well? Then pick up your mat and walk. And for the first time in his life, the man gets up, takes a next step and is healed and starts going to a new place with God. I think that's a great picture of us. I think Jesus walks into our life like today and says, hey, do you want to go to a new place with me? And like that man, we give all the reasons why we haven't gone to a new place with him. I'm busy and, and I got a new job and, you know, the kids got all the sports going on and, and, and I've got a lot of homework and, and I don't feel qualified and, and I don't feel called and, and I'm not sure. And I've got this insecurity. And he, stopped, he says, stop. I didn't ask you why you haven't gone to a new place with me. I'm asking you, do you want to go to a new place with me? And if the answer is yes, then pick up your mat Take a next step and walk. Take a next step by faith in Jesus' name. No matter how bad or broken your life feels, he is taking you to new heights if you will have the faith to change your thinking and start moving towards him because he has already come all the way to you. We now get to be a part of what God is doing on this earth. Reaching the lost building his church and making disciples in Jesus' name. So you close your eyes with me. Let me just ask you, what do you feel like God wants to say to you today? I would bet for most of us in this room, there's a tug on our heart that's reminding us that we were created for more. That we were created for more than just coming in and out of church. Created for more than just coming in and out of school. Created for more than just coming in and out of work. Created for more than just coming in and out of our home. That we were made to make a difference. Not for God, but with God. And if I have no interest in making a difference, then just back yourself up and say, do I feel like I'm friends with God? And if the answer is no, then back up one more and go back to, am I discovering Jesus? Because as I discover Jesus, I can't help but become his friend. And as I become his friend, I can't help but want to be a part of what he is doing. So Lord Jesus, would you stir up a divine purpose in each one of our souls and help us understand we've been created and called by you to make a difference. May we have the courage and the strength to say, today is the day I'm getting up off that mat. I'm done with the excuses. I'm done with the reasons. I want to go to a new place with you. So I'm by faith going to take a step. Even if it's a baby step, take a little baby. It doesn't matter. Just in sometimes in Jesus name, you just got to move a little bit. If you want to go to a place you've never been before, you're going to have to do some things you've never done before. And you're going to have to believe some things you've never believed before.
like his grace has transformed you, like his love has reconciled you, and like his spirit has empowered you to be free and to be different in this world. We love you, Jesus. Take us to new places. In your name we pray, amen.